Star Wars. Star Wars. Read a shot first, come on, grab your friends. We're gonna talk about Star Wars and stuff with Connor Oled and Andrew Roman. The fun will never end. Read a shot first. Geo, Geo, Geonosis. Did you hear about Geonosis, Andrew? Huh? Well, Connor, I have heard about Geonosis. Oh my god, does it make you want to get back into Battlefield 2 or Battlefield? Battlefront 2 or not? Well, I'll let you in on a little secret. I went ahead yesterday and opened it for the first time probably since, like, April or something like that. Dun, dun, dun. Just to get all of the other updates downloaded <laughs> in advance of the Battle of Geonosis and oh. the other updates that are coming. All the Last Jedi ones, all the uh, Solo ones and everything. Yeah. Oh, God, this is exciting. But before we get even more, you know, lost in all that, Uta, Puta, everybody... Hello and welcome to Greedo Shot First. My name is Connor. I am Andrew. And we're here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, anything even friggin' related to Star Wars. But to start us all off, big news of at least a few days ago, the Battle of Jesus, Geonosis is back. The in Battle, Battle of Front. Jesus. The Battle of Jesus. I mean, it, it's right around the season. You know, the war <laughs> tis, on Christmas. Tis the season. Exactly. Uh, but no, man, friggin' Battlefront 2 finally came through. Yes. I, I actually rhyme. What the hell? <laughs> um, but like, I don't know. For me, I, I I'm very excited about it just because the original Battlefront Two, the focal point of the beginning of the game was the Battle of Geonosis. Right. So I mean, it only makes sense that they would bring it back. But not only are they bringing back that like campaign, they're bringing back Grievous. Mm -hmm. They're bringing freaking Obi One. Yep. And a bunch of new ships and new suits and everything like that. Yep. Obi-Wan, he's going to be in his uh, Clone Wars armor. Yes. And apparently, I guess Grievous is going to have some kind of like shattered android armor or something you can get down the line. Okay. But as long as like one of his, like Obi-Wan's taunts are just, hello there. Uh, <laughs> we're all good. It's going to make everyone exciting. I don't know. But uh, I mean, what do you think, man? Are you excited about it? I really am. You know, I think, uh, I mean, even kind of dating back to our last episode when we had Brandon on and, um, you know, I think, I mean, I get from the gaming community why people hate battlefront 2 well, of course yeah there, i mean there was just a, a huge amount of controversy in front of it and like to be fair to this game they they've done a great job of making it like a very you know high quality star wars game it's just the execution yeah. and the actual like development and like all the stuff that came with like the the producers of the game really just soured it and tarnished it for a lot of people at least my opinion you know but like for the most part you know if you want like a you know large-scale multiplayer kind of game if you're a you know call of duty person or a battlefield person like you can't go wrong with the multiplayer yeah it's just the fact of the matter that they were all about like their microtransactions and then they're like well we're gonna take those away and then they brought them back on and then it's like just kidding now you can you know <laughs> get everything for free yeah it's like so where does it make but like so with them dropping this trailer, I mean, it was just as exciting as seeing, like, a movie trailer, you know, the way they set it up. They brought back the original voice actor from Clone Wars. Yes. I can't remember his name. It's, like, something Taylor, Jack Taylor, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll look it up real quick. Man. But, yeah, so he, like, uh, his voice is back. I think even, like, the original voice of Grievous is back, even though it just sounds like, you know, um, uh, what the heck, you know, uh crazy electronic music just you know spoke through a vocoder or what have you but i don't know man like i, I i'm 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 really looking forward to it i want to give it a shot and uh you know see what happens yeah i i mean i completely agree i think uh 
Yeah, I mean, to that end, as you were just kind of touching on, I mean, you know, Battlefront 2 has had a lot of issues. It's and a lot of it's been justified and a lot of it's been self-inflicted from EA. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's no no questioning that. But I mean, I, I have, you know, I sunk a lot of hours into that game. I mean, more than I probably expected that I would. Yeah. Um, you know, when I originally kind of made the decision to get it because it was like on sale and and I was like, well, I'm just going to play through the campaign and like, you know, maybe I'll do a little bit of like the space combat. Definitely. You know, and then it basically was my game to go to for the next three months, four months or so. You want to just do something for, you know, for, you know, an hour or two to kill, jump into a conquest or something like that, you know, yeah. just fight on Naboo or yeah. fight in, uh, I mean, once they actually started adding more content on, like, I loved fighting on Camino. Yeah. That was always great. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I know I haven't picked it up probably since they started adding, uh, the solo stuff on there, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. which we'll, we'll get into later. But, um, you know, I think I did jump into it here and there. And, like, I saw that you can get, like, the young solo, you know, skin or you can yeah. get the young Lando skin or something like that. So, I don't know. It would be exciting to jump back into it, like, try and play that. And then on top of all that, like, um, I did hear that the this trailer for the Geonosis campaign was watched more than the last jedi and the solo campaigns combined wow or something along <laughs> those lines like so many more people were hyped about this than the other two things that it just like i guess it makes sense you know yeah. well and, i think there's i mean there's just something that's more warlike maybe about like you know the events of attack of the clones and like the battle of geonosis which was a big you know military engagement that makes it feel like a you know war game level yeah well i mean it, like i said before like the original battlefront 2 that was literally the training montage when you first started the game was mm-hmm. you know just like the simulation you know you just you're fighting on geonosis and like you got to try out every you know uh combat unit that you had and all this kind of stuff and that was like the big climax of attack of the clones so it's a big deal and not to mention you know we talked clone wars like the animated show um, you know, we, we, one of your best episodes, what the arc was the second battle second of Gen- battle. Yeah. and I, you know, and it just, it was exciting, man. Like I, I, I want to see what happens. I want to hear some good reviews. I hope the hope everything goes well with it. And I'm definitely going to try and give it a shot, but you know, regardless of that, you know, we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. Uh, namely a lot of, uh, uh, live action star Wars news today. We're going to talk about the, you know, the Mandalorian. There's a lot of stuff going on with that. Uh, as well as the Cassian Andor live-action series. You know, we only mentioned it briefly last week, but or a couple weeks ago, rather. But, uh, you know, we're going to get more into detail on that and speculate a little bit more. And then uh, for the uh, finale of this episode, we're actually going to finally pay off uh, and do a little bit of uh, solo commentary, if you will. It's not, not an exact, like, two-and-a-half-hour commentary or hour-and-a-half <laughs> commentary that we were hoping to do. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. So we're going to give it like a quick little review and, you know, see where it goes from there. Yeah. I mean, I think for what it's worth, and we can touch on this again later, like I'm still I'm still open to doing that with the other movies or like, I mean, even with Solo at some point. Yeah. But I think what we've kind of learned right now is that it might not be feasible 
Like it's just, yeah. it's hard to sit for that long. Well, and... yeah, try and pontificate for the entire time and just be like, you know what I don't like about this scene or something like that, you know? Yeah. So we're going to we're gonna do our best to try and give it a good review and just talk about what we liked and disliked about the movie and everything like that. But I'll tell you what, before we get on to that, happy belated Thanksgiving to you, buddy. Yeah, same uh, to you. Did you have a good one? It was it was delightful. It was delightful? Yeah. I had a, I had a nice little trip down south to see my sister's. Uh, living down in Georgia, and mm-hmm. uh, my one brother-in-law who did the turkey up, he freaking deep-fried that sucker. Oh, I don't know if you ever had deep-fried turkey, but it's worth it. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I was talking about this with my parents, and like I remember my dad doing that once, but like, I don't, I don't remember that taste necessarily. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely has a different taste than like oven baked. At least the way that they did it, like. They got cayenne pepper out the butt, just all over that freaking <laughs> well, bird. Well, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> but, uh, Nothing against my dad, my mom or dad, but like I feel like that's not like their like flavor palette. Oh no, no, so. I, I I think like if you, you take the first bite of it, you just kind of went, you know, like you found yourself just like kind of cringing, but in a good way, you know. There's yeah. nothing wrong with a good little zest, zest, if you will. Sure. So, but uh, you know, regardless, uh, while I was down there, I got to see all my nephews and. I swear, every time I see him, I'm just trying to shoehorn in as much Star Wars as I can. <laughs> I want to be that Start uncle. Young. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, my, my sisters would show, uh, you know, throw on Paw Patrol or something like that. And I'm just like, you should watch this and yeah, just throw on Clone Wars or, yeah. <laughs> you know, Resistance could or I, something. Yeah, could I interest you in some Star Wars Resistance? Oh, my God. Yeah. But they're getting older. I'm hoping by the time, I, you know, I see them next time, you know, they'll be old enough to see like you know the original new hope and retain it in that way like mm-hmm. i guess they watched according to my sister they watched the last jedi and they fell in love with chewy that's good. so yeah i mean <laughs> if you're gonna fall in love with anything it's got to be chewy so yes. but regardless so yeah all kinds of good times but while i was on vacation i started seeing a whole bunch of stuff come out for uh you know the whole cassie and andor thing as well as the mandalorian so let's jump right into that so Cassie and Andor live action series. Are you excited? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't say it any more simpler than that. Um, obviously, they're going to be bringing back Diego Luna to reprise uh, Cassie and Andor. Mm-hmm. And from a, a, a uh, an article I read about him actually getting the casting of Cassie and Andor, he, he was at like a convention when someone asked him about this. And his exact words were, are you effing kidding me like i'm actually going to be in star wars something along those lines and yeah. i'm like i think anyone would have that same reaction you know yeah or you're you're effing with me right that's essentially what he was saying yeah. well and i feel like i mean you know the power of like that role in like being able to reprise it is that like it's going to kind of give him an early like head start on kind of being one of like be- potentially becoming one of those first iconic characters that's not from the original saga which would be good you could yeah. flesh out that character that much more with mm-hmm. a with an expanded series like this yeah you know we got to expand a lot more on like solo and his like you know trilogy of books you know in the uh legends history as well as you know leia and luke and all them but like mm-hmm. you never really get to see anything outside of the original trilogy and then you know the subsequent s- sequels to that yeah. And uh, so it would be exciting to see where that all goes. You know, I mean, if, if anything, the most fleshed out characters of Star Wars have to be C-3PO and R2-D2. Because oh, yeah. they're in like every single one. Yeah. Except Solo. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So this is one, I, th- I mean, I might have even already brought this up at some point on the podcast. But like, 
so you know one of the podcasts that I always listen to and I always bring up is uh, Star Wars Minute. Yeah. And when you're going through it minute by minute, and you realize that like, o- like the first almost half hour of the movie primarily focuses of the first movie primarily focuses on R two D two and C three PO, and you come to realize like how integral they are to that. Exactly. To the entire saga. I'm telling you. like, I mean, it, not only just like, oh, yeah, R2 happens to be carrying the Death Star plans. But yeah. And, I mean, well, and then the only one who can understand him apparently is C-3PO. Right. You know, human-cyborg <laughs> relations. But you know, regardless, like, it is weird to think that that's how, you know, just important they are to the whole story, you yeah. know. And it's true. Like, they, they make up the first portion of the movie itself, and you wouldn't even think of something like that to be a big deal. But I don't know. I guess maybe, like, if you're moviegoers seeing the movie for the first time in like the 70s like <laughs> it is kind of exciting to see like a live action robot and then yeah. one looks like that legitimate too you know yeah. you can tell it's not it's not like the tin man they're not painted or anything like right. that yeah so but i don't know i, I mean regardless it, it'll be interesting to see how you know we learn more about cassian and uh on top of everything else like Disney Plus, the streaming service that's going to be doing this, uh, you know, they're they're already in talks to do like, uh, you know, with Marvel, uh, Scarlet Witch live series mm-hmm. and uh, a Loki live series, you know, both yeah. of which are going to have their actors reprise the roles and everything right. like that. So it only makes sense that like, uh, you know, a big powerhouse like Star Wars is going to want to invest in this. And especially like the fact that if not every character can get their own movie then why not, you know, at the very least have an appearance in the show? Mm-hmm. So I know, it, like, when they announced Cassian, it's probably a big surprise for a lot of people. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I don't know, like, I mean, it makes, like, I think when you kind of ponder it for a moment, it makes a lot of sense that, you know, that his kind of role in the early rebellion, um, you know, is definitely an area rife with, explore you know rife for exploration. Yeah. Exploration. Exploratification. Yeah. <laughs> I I worked from home today, so I like I literally haven't talked at all. Oh, you're fine. And I'm like dealing with a, a an injury to my ribs that I don't need need to really get into for anybody listening. So if I sound a little wheezy, that's like kind of where that's coming from. Oh, you're fine. I'm usually the wheezy one, so I'll let you take the reins for once. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, but anyway, so as you were saying, um, you know, it, it it's true though that like um. They want to investigate more about, like, I imagine it's going to, you know, it's going to be, like, he's one of the first real raw recruits of the Rebellion, Mm -hmm. you know. And it's going to be interesting to see the Rebellion at that time. Mm -hmm. Because even, like, you know, with the show Rebels, Mm -hmm. I mean, that set, like, I want to say, you know, like, it starts, like, three or four years prior to bby yeah so i i just finally started on it i've watched like i've literally watched the first two episodes all right hey it's Um, a start that's all that matters (laughs) um but the uh uh you know i think what i read because of course like as soon as i watched them i like had to satiate my uh curiosity but i think it's like i think it might be five years like that would make yeah and it ends like like four or three years prior to the events of that's what i heard like i, I think um so like i said I, I still have to get uh you know season four under my belt i'm in the middle of watching season three right now but as far as i can remember season four from the rumors that i heard actually might lead up all the way to return of the jedi okay. now i i might just be you know you know wishful thinking 
Well, but, well, isn't that even like specifically like the last episode, like the a new dawn storyline or something like that? Maybe I, I don't know. Well, I mean, there's... it gets a little like I don't like I'm just getting into it as I say, and it's like I know like there's certain pieces that kind of move around it, featuring those characters, but it's not like part of the show even. Like I know yeah. there's also a book, and like there was. Well, the the new Dawn book is the beginning of uh, Kanan and Hera's like friendship. Okay. So that's how they find each other, and the next thing you know, they get their ragtag group together, and then mm-hmm. the start of Rebels is where they meet Ezra, who's yeah. the main character, and you know hilarity ensues from there. So the, the Serenity vibe. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> the brown coats. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. And honestly, <laughs> that does. Yeah. Like literally. Like I, it took me about five minutes of watching it to be like, oh, this is actually like this is Serenity. If Serenity was set in the Star Wars universe, <laughs> or, or Firefly. I mean, I guess like the TV it, yeah. show is Firefly. But still, it, it takes place on the Serenity instead of the Ghost. So yeah, yeah the Ghost <laughs> is the Serenity, and Ezra is Nathan Fillion. So yes, <laughs> I don't know. And but, Ezra is River. Yes. All right. Yeah. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> Has some kind of hidden power underneath her. Exactly. But um, I mean, there's a whole lot I want to talk to you about Rebels, anyways. Now that you said that, but <laughs> let's get back to Cassie a little bit. So we already talked about what you think it'll be about. Do you think we'll actually see K2SO? Is there a chance we'll see K2SO? Yeah. I mean, I think to me. Well, okay. So I guess I'm going to lead with this. So one thing that I saw in an article and i think it was like in like from like sci-fi so it's probably a you know somewhat reliable source yeah, it's not maybe. just like some fan blog or anything like that hopefully um but it was that they're rumoring that like diego luna may play for at least part of the show a younger version of himself okay like a significantly younger version such that they're going to use like their patented de-aging technology. That could be interesting. I mean, you could do the Marvel technique where you just must your hair forward, yeah. you know, like they do with uh, daredevil. Yeah. You know, if you want to make Matt Murdock look you know, cooler, give him bangs. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way to make people look young anymore. It's Yeah. I mean, I guess that was like a thing. Like, I feel like that's a thing insofar as like, if you go back to like the early two thousands, like, having like that shaggy hair was a cool thing yeah and i mean like, i now, you know i had it yeah and now <laughs> yeah and now everybody has very sculpted hair so basically like, yeah it basically creates that time separation <laughs> so there you go perfect yeah, yeah. but I mean, regardless i mean they, they the obvious things they could do is just you know get rid of his facial hair maybe make his hair even longer something like that because yeah. like that's another thing that like the rogue one did and even like uh solo did a good job of is like they understood that like the very first movie was set in the 70s mm-hmm. and a, a, uh like a lot of 70s era movies that were set in alternate times they still had 70s hairdos yeah you know like oh, yeah. the big deal was like mash like the one character had a fro mm-hmm. you know back during the korean conflict and yeah. no one batted an eye yeah so i mean they they got that aspect right and they got all the hairstyles right and a lot of the hairstyles were just like you know the big bowl cuts or like the long hair with the swoop and that's even what cassian had yeah so sideburns yeah yeah exactly so i could see him holding that up but like even i would just hope that maybe they're keeping you know alan tudyk who plays k2so kind of like you know under the radar big surprise big reveal you know but we're not really going to learn anything about that until anything actually you know pops up about the show itself yeah yeah i mean i'm sure that's going to be a long ways out um i mean but what we do know i mean so i guess 
like so saying that i guess my kind of thought is you know i think my original conception was like oh yeah like it, at some point maybe like halfway through this series we would be introduced to k2so yeah but now i'm like wondering if like this series could even like have something to do with like the rebellion trying to secure imperial assets such as droids that might have information that they need yeah that would make sense so so it would almost be more like it ends with k2so yeah and either they become friends or something like that yeah i'd be about that yeah because i i mean from the rogue one book they always said that like when it comes to trying to uh you know hack a k-series robot like k2 Mm -hmm. um you know there are so many uh you know protocols input to keep people from doing just that that like it'll rupture their memory and essentially wipe everything so there's a possibility that diego was maybe like the first person to do it or something like that Mm -hmm. i mean who knows but it'll be interesting to see yeah i mean otherwise um the only other thing i could think of is like there's also a good chance that they might have some live action, you know, Rebels characters show up. Right. Or even, you know, Clone Wars era characters show up. Like, namely, like, Mon Mothma or right. Bale, you know, Bail Organa. Like, a lot of the, you know, first members of the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. You know, the, of the fledging, fledgling Rebel Alliance, however the frick you put it, you know. Yeah. So, I didn't swear. There you go. No, no, you did good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm catching myself. Uh I appreciate that. Uh, um, yeah, no, I, I think that definitely makes sense. I, I was thinking about like those two characters in particular. Uh, I mean, I know, you know, like that, um, I forget what her actual name is. It's her first name is Genevieve who plays Mon Mothma. The young one. Yeah. The okay. Young, yeah. Who's now like probably like, she's like at that perfect age. Yeah. Actually where it's like, it probably makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and I, I don't think that space Jimmy Smith's is up to much right now. <laughs> So I think he's gettable. Oh, for sure. You know, and we talk about the de-aging process. I mean, what's to say they couldn't do the same thing with him? But he's like one of those perfect guys who just doesn't age. Yeah, no, he's he's been the same since 2005. (laughs) So, like, it's it's totally fine. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) it'll be interesting because, I mean, honestly, like, I did like his character from, you know, the prequels. Like, Mm -hmm. he was very serious, but, like, very good-spirited senator yeah and especially with like everything you read and hear about other senators like you can tell Mm -hmm. that he's very genuine about how he feels you can see where like leia gets a lot of her inspiration from him and stuff like that so i'd be interested to see how he plays a part in the beginning of the rebels or you know the rebellion itself so yeah yeah i mean i definitely i mean and even to that end i mean because we kind of get you know kind of nice like an appropriate amount of like both him and mom mothma like in like clone wars yes um, you know, and I feel like that kind of story and like, you know, their kind of ties to it all, I think would be an interesting kind of point of view to, to go from. So it's like, I'm even wondering, and I'm not, I'm trying not to like necessarily make too many conclusions or, or things like that, but it's like, you know, what if like Cassian actually starts as like a, you know, he's just some sort of you know, bounty hunter or just like hired gun kind of character who is like tasked to take out one of those characters. And then they kind of just, yeah. Manipulate them. If you will. From there. Yeah. Well, that could be interesting. All right. So from what we know of Cassian, you know, not to spend too much more time on this, but we already know that like from his dialogue between him and Jenner. So in the movie, he says, I've been in this fight since I was six years old. Right. right. So you'd have to imagine that 
uh, you know, not to say that like he picked up, you know, a rock and started throwing it, you know, at the stormtroopers or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I think he, it's even said in the book that like he was on the separatist world uh-huh. during the Clone Wars. And so he got to see all the war, you know, torn, you know, worlds itself like firsthand. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like the separatists, you know, systems that were just, you know, neglected ended up being some of the first ones to actually join the rebellion. Right. Which is another weird fact to think that the separatists were actually the good guys. Yes. You know, so well, have, have I pointed out like why you actually kind of know that? Wait, why? So if you look in like during the space battles, right. In that in the prequel trilogy, the separatist droid ships have the red lasers and the oh, clone troopers have green lasers. God. <laughs> it's all coming together. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the same color configuration for you know, the, the original trilogy. That does make a lot of the sense. The Rebellion, like the X-Wings and the A-Wings had the red lasers. Yeah. The TIE Fighters had the green. Oh, my God. That, that makes a lot more sense. But <clears throat> you're also just led to believe that, like, the, you know, the Republic is the good guy in general. But, yeah, it's it's so obvious now that you say it that way yeah. you know so i mean it's 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 weird and this is honestly i mean this is what i love talking about this so much is because it's, it's a whole new spin on the story yeah you know what i mean so like you know now you're gonna look at the prequels if you ever bother to watch them again and just be <laughs> like oh those geonosians or whatever like those poor bug guys are just trying to make a you know super destructive laser to destroy the evil <laughs> well, republic yeah i mean so. it's a little murky there's certainly like some gray area and some sort of like creative license that, yeah that lucas takes <laughs> yeah you know but yeah. i mean like yeah so i mean a lot of affected separatist worlds who just do not get any kind of like reconstruction or anything like that from the empire or get some kind of domination from the empire when they mm-hmm. take over mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's where a lot of the you know sparks of rebellion start Right. And it's all those systems come together and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And another fun fact, last thing I have to say, <laughs> this is actually from all things the Revenge of the Sith novelization. Okay. Because for some reason I had to get it. <laughs> um, I don't know if you ever do this, but I, I just realized that while we were talking about it, Padme is kind of responsible for starting the rebellion. Okay, how do you say that? All right, so there are parts in the in the Revenge of the Sith that were taken out, like they're like deleted scenes now, right? Mm-hmm. But they kept it in the book, and it's this adds to the whole idea of like how the you know senators were just in a disarray about like how Palpatine was handling all this. Like you know, he has to be made to give up his emergency powers once the conflict is over. Mm-hmm. But it's obvious that like he wants to hold on to it, right? And all this kind of stuff. And so Padme and a bunch she like gathers a bunch of senators into her suite and actually has them all like sign a registry. But at one point she says, you know, I think to like specifically Bale and Mon Mothma, mm-hmm. leave your names off of it. Cause okay. I have a bad feeling that someone's going to talk about this, and sh- like, sure enough, once they actually declare that it's a Galactic Empire, mm-hmm. all the names that are on that list, minus the three there, mm-hmm. were taken in for, for questioning. Yes, they were apprehended or they were sent to prison or something like that. Uh-huh. So it's like that was the the beginning right there. Mm-hmm. So she had the she had the right idea right off the bat. It wasn't so much that like they were going to rebel against him, but they were like, we have to sign this petition to make sure that he gives it up or something like that. So yeah. I don't know. Something and interesting. She is, although also the catalyst in starting the whole sequence of events. That's also that true. Eventually leads to Palpatine consolidating power and forming the Galactic Empire. Yeah. Yeah. That's also by, true. By removing, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Chancellor Valorum. So she's really playing both sides here. Yeah. Uh, vote of no confidence. Yeah. <laughs> he was such a nice guy. <laughs> All right. But yeah. so, yeah, I mean, it, as you, if you couldn't tell, we're excited about Cassie and we're yeah. excited about everything. We're excited about Clone Wars. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. So very, I guess just one last very finite comment that I guess I have on that. Yeah. Because when I was reading like the show notes, <clears throat> Excuse me. There it is. Um, <laughs> the like the one that you the one kind of question you had was like live action rebels characters, which like I think that was when you were bringing up Mon Mothma and Bail Organa. Yeah. But like I'm also thinking like I wonder if there is a chance that we could see like the people from Rebels. Hera. Yeah. Kanan. Yeah. Anybody. Yeah. I wish I could remember the freaking purple monster's name. Do you remember it? Since Zeb. You watched... Zeb! Yeah. Oh my god, you have no idea how much that killed me. <laughs> I, I mean, I, don't know, I, I know you have to listen to these when you're, when you're editing them, but like, I remember listening to it last week, and like the one question uh, about Carbonite, yes. neither one of us can get it, and yeah. it was just funny that like after the fact, we're like, oh, Carbonite, you know, Carbonite, it's, it's the Carbonite, you know, like, <laughs> we had to keep repeating it, because yeah. it was like, of course we do it. Yeah. But yeah, Zeb, ah, oh, it kills me that I didn't yeah. know his freaking name. So, yeah, yeah it would be cool if even Zeb showed up, yeah. you know, because I think one of his species actually shows up maybe in A New Hope. I'm not totally sure. Or maybe that's just, like, you know, concept art or something. Well, yeah, I, well, because he is, like, he is based on early concept art for Chewbacca. Yes, yeah, I so. Mean, that is true, but I think, like, what they've actually established, because, like, there's no more that look like him. Yeah, he's. Is that they were, like. Wiped out. Wiped out by the Empire, which yeah. is why he fights them so vigorously yeah which i mean that's that's like harrowing in its own right yeah so but regardless so yeah him maybe even for all things we know freaking chopper shows up who knows yeah uh you know or sabine but i'm gonna save sabine for a different idea so. well yeah so, which is a yeah. perfect segue to the mandalorian the mandalorian <laughs> okay so the biggest news the biggest baddest news of this pedro pascal is in to lead this sucker he is yes, going to be the mandalorian the mandalorian oh my god so my first question do you think he'll have a mustache <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we'll see his face. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. I mean, like, let me, let's put it into perspective. I think every iteration I've ever seen of Pedro Pascal in an acting role, he's always had some kind of facial hair. Yeah. Narcos, he has a mustache. Even in freaking Game of Thrones, he has, like, a mustache, maybe a goatee. Mm. Yeah, a little and, goatee thing. Yes, and then, like, he was also in, uh, oh, what the heck was it? The the second Kingsman movie. Mustache, I think. <laughs> he had to have a mustache. Yeah. But regardless, so, like, Will he keep a facial hair? Is facial hair a thing that the bandos do? I mean, who the heck knows? So. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I'm trying to think, and, like, honestly, I, I can't really recall any of, like, the, the mandos that we see, like, like from Death Watch. Without a helmet on, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, one of the only ones that we see is, like, Kree Vizsla. Leader. A.K.A. John Favreau. Is that John Favreau? It's John Favreau. No, I got to go. This is his character. <sighs> yeah. Who also played. No, I was going to say Zeb. No. Uh, anyways, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, but like he's like kind of like bald. And yes. Like has no facial hair at all. Yeah. And he's like the only one that I can visually really remember. And the other one was. You, uh, you see um, uh, Satine's sister. The redhead, but, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, she's a woman and I wouldn't expect her to be bald and she's not. No. So. <laughs> it's, it is what it is. Yeah. 
So, all right, well, you know, you never know. Like, maybe they'll give him long hair. Maybe he'll have a ponytail. I mean, like, I don't know. I'd be excited to see what kind of, like, even facial prosthetics they do, like, if he gives, like, scars or something like that. Yeah. You know, so, but regardless, you know, he's a Mando. He's going to be, you know, a badass. You know, he's mm-hmm. going gonna to be rolling whatever town he's in. That's yeah. kind of what I'm hoping. Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, not to – there's so much to talk about. So I'm trying not to get super <laughs> distracted. But, like, there's just so many bits and pieces out there right now. I know. Um, but, you know, so they have talked about how, like, I guess, you know, James Mangold, who did the Logan movie. Yes. Um, you know, he was the one that was, like, kind of nominally in charge of the proposed Boba Fett anthology movie. Right. And they've said that that's not going to happen now. Yeah, that one's dead. Yeah, which, I mean, like – Again, I've already talked about how Boba Fett is my favorite character. So, like, on one hand, that's kind of a disappointment, but I also feel like that just means that there's that many more strong ideas regarding, like, the Mandalorian people. Exactly. That can go into the story of the Mandalorian. It's like I was saying with, uh, you know, Kotar. Like, they knew what they had with Boba Fett, and they're like, people clearly want more of this character, Mm -hmm. so why not give him a planet full? Yes. I mean, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I mean, this is a show that's literally about his species. So, yeah. you know, it's yeah. weird to say that he's a human, but still, like, right. that's his people. But, yeah, but his, like, ethnic identity. Yes, that's yeah. a very uh, political way of putting it, but still. Yeah. Well, but it's, <laughs> it's an accurate way. It is an accurate way of putting um, it. So, But the one thing I guess I just wanted to say with that is that they did kind of talk about in that story, like, as such that they had done, like, the plan was that. Boba Fett would like at no point would he take off his helmet. That oh, so kind of like a Judge Dread deal. Yes, precisely. Or rather Dread. Yeah, not Judge Dread because you had to see Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. but still. And I'm not saying like I don't. I I almost feel like that would be a waste of like Pedro Pascal's acting talents. Yeah. But I wonder if it'll be kind of like very much like two parts, where it's going to be like when he is the Mandalorian, he is the Mandalorian, and then like there'll be kind of this other sort of you know, like story driven subplot where maybe like flashbacks. Yeah. Before he, before he dons the helmet, so to speak. Precisely where maybe we'll see more of him, you know, Pascal, the actor. I like that idea. It it adds more mystery to who he is. Mm -hmm. Cause as we, as we've already said, like there's no, there's no information out besides the fact that he's going to be leading and they wanted to keep this as simple as possible. So, you know, the idea of not giving him a name really, is you know it it'll help to that to that effect mm-hmm. but uh to add to that with other casting news the second actress that they or the second actor they've actually added on Gina Carano yes who uh played Angel Dust in Deadpool yeah i actually didn't know her full name was De- Angel Dust but still yeah uh that's going to be exciting and i don't know I mean, there's no idea of what she's going to be playing other than just a supporting role yeah but i mean what i like what i do know about her is she's a She's a former MMA fighter. Yeah, so, so she's she's a she's a brute. Yeah, she's gonna be a, a a tough guy. But here's the deal: someone put up a picture online of a side by side comparison of her with Sabine. Okay. From Rebels. Okay. So there's a theory out there that she may be playing an older Sabine. Yeah, and we're talking like adding ten plus years. Exactly. You yeah. know, she's not a teenager anymore or something yeah. like that. So, you know, she's a seasoned warrior in her own right. Mm. And she's a Mandalorian, so there could even be some kind of, like, love lost story or something like yeah. that. But who knows? You know? I, I, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, we, like, 
kind of we we touched on that before and like i feel like that's an obvious one oh yeah it, well yeah exactly it's just it, you see her you think of any other female mandos it's like oh it makes sense mm-hmm. yeah it's got to be the house of wren or something like that <laughs> so but regardless um I'll be excited to see what exactly she pulls off, you know, but those are the only two confirmed mm-hmm. as well as uh, there are other rumors out there right now. Yeah. Uh, the first one, which I'm super excited about, I hope it becomes true. John Leguizamo. Yes. Uh, also known as Luigi. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's what he's best known for. It's what I best know for. But, yeah. It's just embarrassing. Yeah, well, and even at that, like, well, in like the creepy clown character from spawn i love his character in that it, that was is, the best part of that movie it really is yeah. like i'll watch that movie just to see him be like the the creepy crazy clown because yeah. he's just so freaking silly and like sinister at the same yeah. time like he takes the whole joker aesthetic and just adds 100 pounds you know 200 pounds to him or something yeah. like that and then uh you know the only other one i could see is uh another speculative name is probably carl weathers yeah. uh so creed is, is yeah creed's coming into the universe mm-hmm. he's gonna punch a, you know he's gonna punch a sucker if you will i don't know his phrase i never watched rambo movies but still that's all right. yeah uh, <laughs> i just do creed apollo that's about it um but yeah i mean creed. yeah he's, <laughs> i mean but a lot of rumors are that like you know since ron howard directed they're thinking like maybe there's gonna be a couple more like arrested development like gags here and there yeah and i guess he was a big part of arrested development so like well, yeah that's, i mean that's like honestly i feel like that's what i know carl weathers from <laughs> um basically he just he teaches acting classes on arrested <laughs> development well hey i mean why not he's a great actor so that he is I, i'd be curious to see what he does even too you know because he's a big strapping guy and he's got good acting chops so yeah but you know when it comes to john leguizamo i know we were kind of making fun of it like he is a he's a great character actor yes like that whole clown guy in general like he could play some kind of like you know shady underworld like you know partner to the mandalorian mm-hmm. you know he's yeah. the, he's that like comedic sidekick if you will like yeah. he's the guy he goes to when he needs to do tech or like oh i need to know this one imagine like we were talking daredevil before turk mm-hmm. the guy who gives up all the information for yes. daredevil yeah that's that who that is who uh he could be in my opinion some kind yeah. of like informant or something like yeah. that yeah no i i would definitely you know kind of agree with that like he just has that very slimy demeanor yeah and like yeah i mean it is true that like i mean he's definitely done that in kind of you know comedic light-hearted roles um or i mean not i mean not that like his portrayal in spawn is like necessarily that light no uh, no no not at all but like i mean but he's done a lot of very heavy stuff as well oh yeah i mean um, I've, I've seen some of his heavier stuff and it's like it's sad like there was a movie he was in with the cranston i can't think of it right now the imposter or something like that i don't okay. know but yeah, he played yeah. like an undercover cop, and that was like a very dramatic role for him. So yeah. he's good at it, and like yeah. I, I like him as an actor. I know I joked with him being Luigi and everything like that, but that's yeah. literally the first time I've ever seen him in a movie, well, and he'll always be associated yeah. as Luigi, as Jeff Goldblum is always associated as Ian Malcolm. Yeah, you know, that's just his. That's who he is to be. Yeah, you no, know. I, well, I, I I agree with that. So yeah, and I think that's why like that is. I mean, there's something about that like you know, deeply etched long-term memory, which is why, like, we're bringing up those roles. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think the last thing that I saw him on uh, was a Netflix show called Bloodline. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. And he just, like, I'll say this. I think they ran out of runway for his character just because, like, they decided they were ending, like, they introduced him, like, halfway through the second series, 
and like they never really reveal his actual motivations for why he's even on the show but they're just like we just want this creepy slimy guy (laughs) to have a role and like i mean but it's like i mean he's like pure psychopath in the best way possible so good yeah i mean i I could see that kind of being the a potential role for him well with the informant side you could say he you know he has a character in john wick yeah, he's you know he's the guy who's holding on to John's car, taking care of it or whatever. So mm-hmm. not so much slimy in that sense. Like he's more sophisticated. Yeah, but he's a criminal yeah. in that. So you know he he plays that side of it well. Like mm-hmm. so, it, I'll be excited to see where he comes off of that. As for Carl Weathers, I mean, I really couldn't say. Uh, you know, maybe he's an old associate, maybe a fellow bounty hunter or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you know? kind of like the the you know. I'm out of the game. Yeah. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me right back in yeah. you know, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That kind of role for sure. Or, you know, uh, Pedro Pascal sees Carl Weathers and goes, you son of a bitch. And it's just <laughs> <laughs> <Do> the, <laughs> the predator shake. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of like something from that role. <laughs> oh, what was it? There was like. Delta or Darren or whatever heck his name was, Devin. I don't know. I can't remember his freaking name. Oh, this Dutch or no, that's a Schwarzenegger's name. But regardless, yeah. uh, either way, yeah. If they did that, that would be a funny like, you know, throwback in its own right. You know what I mean? Like, I need an old gun. He's like, I have, you know, I can't do it. And then all of a sudden, clapped hands and yeah, you know, bro montage. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, you know, other things to add about the you know the Mando show itself. I don't know if we want to talk about this or not, but there are a bunch of like set pictures. So I, I mean, I actually don't know that I've. I mean, I feel like I've seen, well, not even seen, but just seen articles relating to some, some episode nine stuff. But I don't actually know that much about uh, the Mandalorian. All right, so for the episode nine thing, the biggest thing of that is since it's going to be the finale, mm-hmm. it's actually being directed by Taika Waititi. Okay. So th- we know that he's he's definitely in as a director, as well uh, as like all the other directors that we had brought up prior to this. But he's going, yeah, he's going to be doing the finale. So it's going to start with Dave Fellini doing the first episode. Mm-hmm. And it's going to finish with the guy who did Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> so you know it's going to end good in one way or the other. Yes. You know, some way it's going to be silly. I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see how he pulls off a finale of a show like this. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, like they've been, uh, you know, there's a. A lot of set photos and a lot of people think like, you know, it's going to take place primarily on some kind of desert planet, whether it be Jakku or Tatooine, maybe even a whole new planet we've never heard of. Mm -hmm. Because that's the thing I love about Star Wars. There's no shortage of just making up names. Yeah. You know, (laughs) like even Scarif was uh, uh, was a uh, it was like a mistake. Like they weren't going to call it Scarif Scarif. It was only because Starbucks got Gareth Edwards name wrong or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, that's a great name. I'm that's our planet. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to use that. Here that's still <laughs> Star Wars. So, yeah. you know, but I mean, it's something like that. You know, they, they come up with a whole new place or whatever, and that's just where the Mando's hiding out or something like that or where mm-hmm. he's working. Who knows? But the thing that I saw was uh, apparently they spotted uh, people in Death Trooper armor. Death Troopers from Rogue One, mm-hmm. popular, you know, that's from popularity or whatever. And uh, the theory is that. The only reason that we could see Death Troopers outside of, you know, the normal Empire is because they might be shadowing some high figure Imperial villain, if you will. Mm. And uh, there's a theory going out there that it might be Thrawn. 
<laughs> we have to bring up Thrawn at least once. Yes. And I so think we did it last episode. Like uh, once, maybe, like a little bit, but still. Yeah. I, I mean, this would, you know, we talked about it trying to be maybe in episode nine, but it seems like a waste to throw him in the very last movie. Yes. This could be a good way to flesh it out. Yeah. Even though I think this ep- this whole thing's coming out prior to, or it's coming out after the movie. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, unless, well, yeah. I mean, I guess that, that might be revealing within that kind of time frame. Well, I'm, I don't know. Because, I mean, I think originally they were talking about wanting, like, you know, because they kind of want, like, a show from each of, like, the Disney tent poles, which uh-huh. is Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, and, Star Wars and Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, yeah, so you think that they might have something. If they're able to like bust it out before December of next year, which mm-hmm. is when the movie's due to come out, mm-hmm. that it could connect somehow perfectly. Like, there yeah. could be a good, like, prelude to it. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I think, I mean, cause I think Disney Plus itself is slated to come out in, like, summer of next year. I mean, that doesn't, like, I will say, thinking of, like, kind of doing that math in my head, that doesn't sound like enough time no. for it to be, like, for The Mandalorian to be available at launch, but. You never know. I mean, as far as, as far as we know, you know, the whole thing could be in the can by now, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they might be much further along than they've ever let on, and they're, like, you know, kind of just trying to, you know, like, kind of. By virtue of omission, like kind of keep things under wraps. Exactly. So I mean, it is a possibility that this that could happen. Yeah. But I don't know. I'd be interested to see what goes on. I'd be interested to see if they actually pulled off. I mean, I mean, this would be a good way to flesh out his character. I just don't know how it would work against one man. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only thing that I really say that I would doubt it about it. Yeah. It'd be great to have him come out and be fleshed out and shown as like a very villainous character that he is or something like that, or even some kind of ally to the Mandalorian. Right. Well, I mean, that could actually be pretty interesting when, you know, I mean, like, I will say this and like, you kind of brought up a good point, like just talking about like, you know, like we know like Dave Filoni is not like the most serious person and and Taika Waititi are like bookending this series. Yeah. And like, you know, and I mean, Taika obviously is a, like he is a comedy director primarily. Oh yeah. He's going to be silly. Um, but you know, I think the, like, so I do wonder what the actual tone is. That's and, also true. Yeah. And like, I, f- you know, I feel like, you know, I, I don't, I'm not necessarily saying, Oh, it's going to be like Marvel Netflix, like oh. level of just like, kind of like like completely humorless yeah i mean there's there's very little like levity in those shows when when it does come it's pleasant because it's yeah. just like oh you yeah. know and then back to blood and guts and whatnot yeah so yeah so i, I don't know that i think it's going to be like that heavy but I, I think it's going to be serious yeah i mean i would have to think so too like i don't, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near like you know, the first seasons of Rebels and Clone Wars with the idea that, it, you know, it's like, oh, it's Star Wars, but it's lovable. It's bubbly. It's, you yeah. know, all this kind of stuff. Like, yeah. I think what everyone's wanting, especially out of, like, the Cassian series, is just some hardcore, dirty, gritty, underground Star Wars story-esque stuff. Yeah. You know? And, yeah, and I, like, I mean, f- you know, famously, like, that was a big impetus, like, from George Lucas was, like, he's like, I understand that, you know, we need to kind of show the other side of this story. Yeah. The only way we can do that is like on TV. Like, it, I'm not going to put that into my movies. Yeah, my movies are going to just be you know high fantasy adventure. Yeah, um, which I mean, it worked out for him and it works out for everybody else. But, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, the people who grew up with these movies, you know, they're 
we're adults now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we were, we're, it was like, we're okay to see this stuff. You know, PG-13, forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. And, but so I, and like, I just wonder, like, I mean, not to like, again, kind of try to draw too many conclusions, but you know, but so like Dave Filoni is probably like, he is like the ultimate George Lucas disciple. Oh yeah. Um, he had the most access, you know, when everything started up. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I imagine, I imagine it will take, you know, probably like, 15 minutes into that first episode that will kind of get a sense for what the real you know tone for the series is going to be yeah i would agree with that because i like i said i want to see i want to see that it comes off very well but i also just don't want it to i don't want it to be a laugh a minute you know right i do want to have some like very serious moments yeah tense moments if you will but uh you know we'll just have to wait and see honestly yeah so absolutely I mean, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about both these shows. And I know there's going to be more information coming down the pipe as we go. So, um, you know, otherwise, you know, we'll keep an eye out for it and everything. So it's it's all kinds of good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, and I, I'm not like I'm not going to get into the episode nine stuff. But did you see any of like that recent kind of information? I mean, there's you know, it's like there's a there's a lot of information flow on that right now. And it's like kind of like too much. Well, uh, fill me in a little bit because I actually don't know what you're talking about. Well, and like I don't want to potentially ruin anything, so I guess I'm going to preface this by saying this is potential spoilers. I genuinely don't know if it's true or not. Okay. But, um, the so so Naomi Aki. Yes. They're kind of setting it up like she could probably be Lando's daughter. <sighs> Ooh. Which. What do we have here? Which actually. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> but so that actually opens up a pretty interesting, like, kind of cross path with Battlefront 2. Because, you know, because if you remember, like, the Lando mission in Battlefront 2, um, like, they're seeking information about the threat. Uh that is in the outer re like the the unknown regions right that's why lando is at that decommissioned imperial facility oh god you know what that makes a lot of sense yeah because he was fighting with the um uh, it's not a pantor and i forget the guy's name he's a duros duros yeah uh but either way like he was fighting with him that's all i remember but so you're thinking that like with him doing you know extracurricular stuff for the rebellion at that point Mm mm-hmm or I guess it would be the New Republic or whatever. Yes. Because uh, this is all... Well, actually... Hmm. <laughs> all right. So, real quick. The Aftermath series. All right? Okay. To preface everything. The f- beginning of the book is directly after Return of the Jedi. The beginning book is directly after Jedi. Mm-hmm. And the last book of the series, uh, it's like the entire dialogue of the Battle of Jakku. Okay. And so the Battle of Jakku is actually like one of the last few missions you do in the campaign mm-hmm. of uh, Battlefront 2, right? Mm-hmm. So this would happen in between then? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, so it's before the Battle of Jakku, but like I am trying to place it. Like I believe, I mean, you know, it happens at some point after Return of the Jedi because that's basically the premise of Battlefront 2. Yes. Uh, well, so here's the deal. There's an interlude in one of the Aftermath books, I believe it's the last one, mm-hmm. that involves Lando and Lobot. Okay. And they're on Cloud City and like they're you know rooting out the last remnants of like the stormtrooper, you know, things there or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's even a point where like, 
you know, Lobot and Lando having a conversation. And I think he was talking to, uh, Lobot was saying to Lando, you have to get, uh, you know, a present for the new baby, you know, for Ben. Uh-huh. And uh, he's like, okay. You know, he figures this whole thing out. I won't give it all away. But he goes, do you think I should have a family? Do you think I should have kids, Lobot? And he goes, no. Because <laughs> Lobot's just so simple. He's like, you're right, my friend, or something like that. So yeah. who knows? I mean, yeah. it Maybe maybe it just comes back to play him. Maybe you know he's just like he has the baby mama drama or something like that. Yes. You know he's got a ship at every port. You never know. That could be. But I mean, that that's uh, there could yeah. be that. Uh, the, so, it's like, I feel like that kind of, like and like that might be almost like too perfect because it's kind of like blending some of like the major fan theories hmm. of like you know that this expectation that like her character was going to be in like an unknown regions character. Yes. Um, you know, we, we talked previously about like her potentially being a chiss, if that were to be a thing. Yeah. I mean, like I said, with the whole idea of her being a navigator, I was like, well, she's just going to use skywalking, if you will. Yeah. Um, but you know what, at the same time, like if they would just want to, if she's just going to be a human character, you know, it makes sense that she'd be Lando's daughter and all that kind of stuff. But like, I don't know just in the fact that like, I don't know how they would play it off. Um, you know, cause Lando actually has a family in the books, doesn't he? Yeah. He has a son and the son's name is chance. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I knew it was something like gambling. It's a little on the nose. Yeah. Cause yeah, <laughs> he, like he has a ship named Lady Luck and his son, his name is chance or something like that. And then he has like a, re- is it like a nickname for it or something like that? Um, I don't know. I, I might know. be speculating, but still. So is there a chance? Nope. Oh, chance. Mm-hmm. Is there a chance that, uh, Naomi Aki will be named something luck? related or maybe l3 for all we know or ellie ah oh if her name is ellie i yeah. swear to god oh that would be that would be a deep cut you're freaking telling me yeah oh but, but that that's was, yeah that was kind of the one like juicy tidbit that i was actually that i actually kind of wanted to like touch on okay oh then there's you know, also there's, there's other rumors out there i mean they're even talking about like oh is natalie portman gonna be in it now like in a flashback sequence uh, well yeah because they're like, talking about like a young palpatine right yeah yeah exactly for, for goodness Matt smith is a young palpatine and, like, i don't know like i don't i don't want a prequel movie in the final movie of like the skywalker saga right and i think i said it to you before the only movie they've ever done like a back like a, 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 a flashback in was rogue one yeah, you know, and, and not to say like the beginning was a flashback, like it, it it's a beginning and then some years later, right? Yeah. But in the middle of the movie, there's a point where she has like a dream, and it's it's like this is another fun bit. She's dreaming about like this time that like her parents were in uh, Krennic were like talking in this suite on Coruscant. Mm. It's the same suite that pa- uh, uh, Padme had. Yeah. So that's fun fact right there. Yeah. But regardless, so that's the only real flashback we've ever had in the Star Wars universe. So they're not known for that. No. You know, they're known for, like, visions and stuff yeah. like that, but well, not well, flashbacks. Yeah. I mean, we do get we do get them in The Last Jedi, too, though. What? What? Uh, what? We get, we get it two different ways. All right, hit me. What do you got? When Kylo is influencing Rey. Oh, yeah. And they're, and they're when, telling the different stories. And then when Luke tells his version of the story. <sighs> That's right. Okay. So, in All fact, right. I remember thinking that at that time uh, and was like, oh, are there any other instances of flashbacks? And then, like... Like I, I said, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, like, it's not really... I guess it is a flashback. But, yeah, okay. It's not a... It's, uh, uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> you can, I mean, you could say that the last Jedi part is, like, I don't know, some sort of force 
like suggestion for suggestion exactly. or something like that yeah. projection i don't know yeah but yeah uh, so it's possible right but all i'm saying is like if they were to do something where they open up episode nine and it's literally just a young palpatine and then it's just goes present day like i don't know if i'd be all about that or not yeah and like I don't know. It just doesn't feel. It does not feel necessary. No, I mean, considering how the like the beginning of the movies even work, because yeah. it's going to be the crawl, and yeah. then it's going to open up on space, yeah. and then it's going to be a ship or something or a planet or what have you. So, yeah. it's going to ruin the whole freaking flow for anybody who's trying to get into it. Yeah. So, but regardless, let's jump okay. into it. Yes, let's do this uh, solo thing real quick. Uh, I know. I, we've been dreading this. Not dreading it. No. But we've been threatening it for a while. I should <laughs> yeah. say. Um, so yeah, Solo. Yes. Did you like it? I did like it. I liked it too. I mean, I honestly liked it more than I thought I was going to. You know, is it like the most important Star Wars movie ever told? No, Certainly not. No. Is it? Is it the least important Star Wars ever told? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, I'm, outside. I mean, honestly, I think the only other like movie that you could put into that mix would be episode one. That's also true. Yeah. Like, Cause it's just, it doesn't really tie to the rest of the story at all. No. It's just the, the, you know, you, as soon as you get to Tatooine, that's where things kind of like kick in the motion because it starts Anakin's story yeah, it and starts all that. Anakin's story, but it's not that critical. Like, you know, you could still probably, you could have done like a 10 minute addendum to attack of the clones which involved him. Yeah. And then flash the present day. Yeah. <laughs> to get back into it. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So, yeah, like I said, I, I recently just watched this again since, I, you know, since it's been in theaters. I watched it again. And I got to say, like, I, between that and, like, actually reading the novelization, like, I appreciate it that much more. Mm-hmm. So, like, with the novelization, which I always love about all the movies, because especially, like, the new movies have the novelizations and everything like that, too. Um, they just fill in a lot of gaps, you know, like I always say, like, there's so many questions that they leave unanswered. It's like, what happens with this guy? Well, here you go, you know? And so like between that and like deleted scenes that they throw in, there's just tons of things to like about it. But like, I really enjoyed watching it again. Like I was able to sit down and kind of critique it this time because before I just wanted to enjoy it, you know, sit down and just see what it's all about. But now actually being able to like, you know, sit down and see all the different scenes for what they were. I was just like, oh, you know, this is fun. This is exciting. You know, mm-hmm. there's that guy and there's this thing or whatever, you know. And like you see all the different monsters and the cantina scenes and whatnot. You know, that's always the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I actually think that, I mean, to me, that was a little bit of a, like a strength in this movie. Um, you know, and I think that was maybe like something that was lacking in like Last Jedi and Force Awakens. There's a one scene where they had like, you know, but it was like high class. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I mean, like there's aliens. like a Canto bite scene in Force Away or in Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was just kind of like it still felt a little like like whitewashed almost or like human washed maybe. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It, but yeah, you kind of get like some of that like just goofy like alien like puppetry kind of stuff oh. in Solo. I mean, you know, like I don't really care that much for uh lady proxima as a character and like the the whole opening is a little bit it's probably my least favorite part yeah i mean it sets the tone a little bit because you know that it's like uh, well all right so it's not your typical crawl let's start off with that yes you know it's uh literally like not there's nothing (laughs) no it started like it just like i said i just watched it recently it starts off with a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and it goes 
it is a lawless tie in you know in the galaxy or whatever and then yeah. it tells you you know syndicates yeah, fight over yeah. three things the static cards i guess is what i should say yeah it's like they, they fight over three things it's food medicine and hyperfuel and this is also the first instance besides like i guess last jedi where hyperfuel was a thing yeah because i always just kind of assumed it's like oh as long as our hyperdrive isn't damaged which usually is a plot point for every star wars movie <laughs> yes. we're gonna be okay um but yeah so you actually learn about coaxium you know which is like a big deal and that plays a whole big deal in the movie itself and mm-hmm. like you know it just uh it starts off very well and i like the opening of it the very opening not like the whole proxima part like you were saying but like the imagery of him like static starting a car like with the wires and everything like that yeah it does like lend to the whole fact that he's just like this desperate you know street rat just yeah, doing like his he thing is, like a street urchin that's <sighs> just like literally just trying to make you know make his way in the world and like it does like i feel like that almost does more to color his you know, like the this character that we know in the original movies, yeah, more than like any of the actual events that are supposed to be the defining kind of character, like defining moments that shape him into the person that he is. He's not a by the books kind of guy. He's just I got to get this done no matter how I do it. Yeah. You know, but this is also the first instance we ever get to see Corellia in a movie. Yes, which was a big deal for me because I've always read about Corellia in the novels and whatnot, and I always imagined Corellia to be something like. Not like Coruscant, but maybe like Alderaan, like kind of regal. Yeah, you know, like, like nice. Yeah, <laughs> I then, know there was like a royal family there. Yeah, like, I mean at least like in old EU continuity. Because we're talking um, Bell Iblis, right? Maybe. Yeah. Gar Bell Iblis. Yes. Yeah, the uh, the old senator who was actually a, you know a founder of the rebellion that you never hear about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was a big deal of it, and I like just from him. It always sounded like it was a very upscale kind of town. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, I, mean, uh, I kind of, I mean, what I think we do kind of see is that like, you know, there's a lot of money on Corellia because of the shipyards. Yeah. But that doesn't mean like, you know, but it's probably like a, you know, a 1% versus, you know, the 99% kind of for sure. place to live. The upper atmost, if you will. Yeah. Like people who just live on like floating flotillas or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but yeah, I was excited to see that and like how everything works. And like you, f- you find out that not only is like shipbuilding their biggest industry, but their second biggest is like a fish market thing. Uh, and then like all the different syndicates that are actually on there, including Proxima's and whatnot. So, yeah. And then you get to see how like Imperial security works just with the checkpoints and stuff like that. You get to see the brutality of how they work. Like they're literally separating families and dragging them off and stuff like that. Like it's, it's, it's depressing, but that's the idea, you know, it's trying to set the tone and everything like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I honestly, like, I, I, I think everything really does pick up. Like once they get to, so when he actually gets into the mud pits, like when he's three years later and he's fighting for the empire, right? Mm-hmm. There's a scene that's taken out that's uh, of him actually flying a tie fighter. You know, yes. it's, it's uh, that's one of the things that's in the book. And I wish they would have kept that because mm-hmm. then he would have showed that like, oh, he didn't just like learn how to fly like all of a sudden. Like he actually had a, like yeah, a few he, years of training. Yeah, he was in like he was in like pilot training. Yeah, but yeah. And like the yeah, all of those deleted scenes, like you can even get those like just online. Yeah, they, they that's like, where they started. We're just gonna share these like on YouTube or whatever. Yeah, uh, which is cool. Um, but yeah, in like yeah, the scene of him like in the simulator, 
at least I mean that's what I've seen like in terms of actual movie adaptation. Yeah. And then there's um and then there's like the one immediately following where it's like he has an eye patch and all that stuff like he's Is that the one you're talking about? No, I was just talking about the um like when he like basically is facing like the military tribunal. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he, I oh, actually he have an eye patch. I didn't notice that. He, I think he has like a bandage or something. Well, maybe a bandage. Cause yeah. he like, he crash lands or whatever. He's just uh, trying to undo this whole thing. Apparently I, I have to go back and watch this, but I only just learned about this today. Apparently he actually makes a reference to tag and bank in that scene. Yeah. I think I saw something like that. Uh, for everyone who doesn't know yeah. tag and bank, it, it's a uh, comic series to which I think we both highly recommend. Yes. It is super hilarious because yeah. it's super non canonical, Yeah, but they're responsible <laughs> for everything. Yes. <laughs> they are the ultimate like rebel saboteurs. Oh my God. Completely undermine every bit of the empire's best laid plans. I know. Manny Bothans. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, there's all that. And then once he actually meets Beckett and his crew and all this kind of stuff, that's where everything starts to pick up. Yes. And um, so how did you think about like the first meeting of uh, Chewie and Han? Did you, is that kind of how you imagined it would go? I don't know if it's exactly how I would have drawn it up. Cause like when I think about like, you know, like when you kind of deal with this notion of like the life debt, right? Particularly like in like the EU kind of connotation, like it made it seem like, you know, like Han like, like literally saved Chewie and his family, like absolutely, right, like from certain death. Yes. Whereas like this is you know slightly debatable, like I mean a like we still don't really have confirmations of or, like confirmation of Chewie's family. Yeah. And, like, it's not like Chewie was going to definitely die in this circumstance. In fact, like, I feel like that's <coughs> one of, like, my favorite parts of the book that I haven't read. But, yeah. like, it, it, was, it made headlines because it's one of the first instances where we actually get to, like, hear some of, like, Chewie's inner monologue. Which he, he does bring up, like, family and whatnot in that monologue. Mm -hmm. So, and then, like, on top of that, there was another big thing about it where everyone was afraid that he actually ate people. Yes. Which it's yeah. confirmed that he does not. Not yet. Not yet, but he was he close to it. Yeah, he has never eaten a human, but he was getting very hungry. Yeah, because they were like, we hadn't fed him in three days or whatever. Yeah. So, like, they were just pushing him, making him try to do it, you yeah. know. So, and, like, that's even, like, what his inner monologue says. is like, I'm not that hungry. Not yet. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... it's just... But it does kind of leave open the, the possibility that... <sighs> Maybe, uh, you know, in a certain dis different circumstance, he would. Well, I mean, to get back to the whole thing, like I said, my understanding, like you said, that he was, he was responsible, like Han was responsible for saving Chewie from execution in one way or the other. Like, he would, he could have been working for the Empire, maybe like, you know, Chewie was a slave working on, you know, an Imperial ship or something like yeah. that, tried to fight back, and then Han was ordered to execute him, and Han essentially just said no, helped Chewie escape, and thus the life debt was created. In this right. one, it's more just like, help me get out of here, I have friends waiting for me, yeah. and hilarity ensues you yeah. know but even as so much like they do expand on their friendship a little more through the movie yeah you know what i mean like and, and don't get me wrong i love that scene yeah like, kind of like the what you know what is this what is this monster that's coming to get him and then it's just it's chewy like then, mud bound chewy yeah uh he could talk he actually speaks shriwook yeah 
like that's the most thing because it just sounds like gargling and then like chewy's woo, you know like yeah it's like oh yeah a little you know yeah. me help you free to make you know whatever he yeah. says yeah. so you know it's just it's hilarious but yeah. uh you know like, that, like and i will say that sequence like that whole part like up to like when they share this the shower yeah is like uh, like to me, that's like this is clearly like Lord and Miller that they just left in there because they're like, you know what? I don't think we can do better. No, I, I really do. Yeah, I it it introduces them well. You know, they're literally chained at the ankles, so like you know, that's it's kind of representing where they're going to be. Like if there's one, there's going to be the other. That kind of deal. Yeah. Um, but a fun fact about the whole shower thing later on in the uh, in the uh, the book, they don't mention this in the movie or anything. Um, there's a part where, like, when they finally meet Lando and they're on the the Falcon going to Kessel, mm-hmm. um, apparently Chewbacca is, like, eyeing up the shower in there. Uh-huh. And Lando's like, you want to go in there and clean yourself off? Because he's just, he's complaining that there's still this much mud stuck in his fur. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, yeah, just hope, you know, he's like, just use this, like, shampoo over here and then he locks the door behind lando and he comes out like an hour later there's hair and mud everywhere and all of his shampoo bottles which are like super expensive <laughs> and super rare are just completely re- wasted and like lando just has like a mental breakdown because yeah. he's just like this freaking wookie just ruined everything you know so yeah i wish they would have had something like that you know yeah. he comes out and he's all puffed up and he's like yeah. all shiny and yeah. it's like yeah really like just with, <sighs> the, with the big blowout yeah so <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Um, but, you know, I mean, other characters they introduced. Beckett was always an interesting character. I wish that his crew would have made it out, you know, uh, yeah. Val and uh, Ryu, Re- yeah, Ryu, who also is voiced by John Favreau. So, I think I, I did know that. Yeah. So yeah. he's popping up everywhere, for yeah. goodness sake. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, uh, you know, even Eva, like when we watched it last night, she was like, I was so sad when Rio went out. She, like, Rio was her favorite character. And he yeah. was around for less than like 10 minutes. Yeah. So it's like, oh, God, it kills you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that whole thing, I, you know, it didn't like, you know, the crew all comes back together. They go and meet Vaz and. Next thing you know, Kira's there, and it's like, love lost, we're all happy again, and like, Kira's got a whole mysterious past, which is more explained in the book in a very good way. She, like, she gets sold, and then sold, and then sold, until she eventually ends up with Vaz, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, she just tries to escape as many times as she can, to the point where, like, Vaz is like, I'm so impressed with you that I'm just going to teach you how to love being here. Yeah. You know, and, like, kind of manipulates her, and now she's just, she is part of the Crimson Dawn. Like, she is... A willful yeah. participant at yeah. that point. A leading lieutenant. Yeah, exactly. By the true end of the movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kira as a character, I actually don't. Like, I mean, I liked her. Yeah. Um. You know, I thought I thought that she like. I mean, I you know I I think like Amelia Clark is one of those like actresses that it's just it's hard whenever you see her in anything because like she's just Daenerys. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Like, Jeff Goldblum, Ian Malcolm. Yeah, it, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But you know, but like honestly, I I felt like she played the role well, and I actually think that like I mean that's one of the one things that like I rue that we probably won't get to see like the whole solo trilogy play out. Yeah, it's like I want to see what happens with her. That's also true. Like the fact that she's got she's actually working directly with Maul. Yeah. Spoiler alert for the end. <laughs> but yeah, like that it turns out that like she's better before but she never knew that he was actually a like uh, a, a force user until that scene. Right. Where he pulls the lightsaber in and all that kind of stuff. So it's 
it's that's terrifying, you know. But you know, like, it's like I said, she's willing. She's a willing participant in all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let me ask you this: favorite scene? Well, like if you had to pick one scene out of the whole thing, what was your favorite scene? I'll be surprised if we don't have the same one. Castle Run. Yes, Castle Run. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was perfect. Like that was like when you kind of like you know get into the well, you know, a parsec is a measure of distance, not time. Yeah, like. Um, you know, it was one of those things where the way that I see this going is that like he basically, you know, flies through a black hole or something like it. Yeah. In order to complete it so quickly. And I mean, so they set up the whole thing perfectly when they're on the way to Kessel, just saying as much that like you have to follow this little route. Otherwise, you'll end up, you know, in this disastrous storm. Yeah. And all this kind of stuff. And let's put it this way, like, or at least for me, um, when Lando goes like, look, there's no way we're getting back to this planet to, you know, redefi- refine this coaxium in less than 20 parsecs. As soon as he said parsecs, I was like, this is it. This is it. This yeah. is the, this is the Kessel run that everyone talked about. Yeah. You know? So, and then next thing you know, it's just, it's this whole freaking thing. I said freaking, not freaking, you know, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm excited. But regardless, um, they did everything perfectly. I couldn't believe how like battered, the Millennium Falcon got, but he yeah. just showed how tough of a ship that is. Yeah, absolutely. He, and there's also like, like, so everything you know about the ship comes out of this run. Yes. The fact that it's like, it, it's navigation is so flawless. Yeah. Comes from L3. Yes. The fact that it's so freaking fast is because it has coaxium injected straight into the reactor. Yeah. Into the main reactor. Oh, like everything comes out of this thing. It's just like, it's so exciting. Yeah. Oh my God. So, and then like, you know, the shape of it for God's sake, yeah, like yeah, ejecting the, <laughs> Pod uh, or whatever and was. then like the big squid monster goes after that gets sucked into the bond it's like oh yeah. but yeah like even escaping from the tie fighters was exciting just like and then him actually go, you know flying with chewbacca was just like he's sitting there with kira and kira's like right we definitely need the shields on and she's just like looking around yeah. and chewy just like pulls her out of the <laughs> yeah. way and like he gets that little smile on his face when he sits down and it's like that's it. Yeah. Their history is solid. Yes. You know, yeah. so I don't know. But I don't know. I think with like the, with their whole relationship, Chewie and Han's relationship, I think it was more solidified definitely on Kessel. Because there was that whole more moment where like they were like, Oh, we gotta continue the job and then Chewie sees his, you know, his brothers or whatever and you know, he's like, Chewie, you might need this and throws him a stunt bike or whatever and yeah. next thing you know, he comes out of nowhere to help him out and it's like, All right. So at the end of that, when they're Jumping back onto the Millennium Falcon. Yes. The one Wookiee is telling Chewbacca to come with him. They're like, let's get out of here. And he's like, Chewie's like, I can't. This human needs me. Mm-hmm. Or something along those lines. Like, there's more in the dialogue yeah. that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And so the the whole thing where they, like, you know, put their heads together, that's a very, like, it, I don't know, it's a it's an emotional thing for him. You know, it's essentially mm-hmm. like, you know, the, uh, the best kind of, you know, salute you can give your brother or something like that. So I don't know. But so much about this book and this movie it's just i'm i'm just like i'm i'm interested to know that like i'm this excited about it you know what i'm saying like yeah i didn't think i'd have that much to say about it but here we are so i don't know i i i really enjoyed it yeah uh you know i enjoyed the the twist and turn at the end like oh it almost kind of like dies off after the kessel run yeah i mean the, the fact that there's still like another half an hour after that is like like probably my second least favorite part outside of like the first 20 minutes <laughs> right so like the castle run definitely is the bulk of the movie i think it's because yeah. everyone always heard about it it's like 
with Rogue One, the whole basis of the movie is a sentence out of the scrawl, right? Yeah. And this whole basis of the movie is, you never heard of the Millennium Falcon? Yeah. It made the Kessel Runner less than 12 parsecs. Yeah. yeah. If you round down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. As, as we later learn. But, <laughs> but still, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I still like the end, though. Like, it, it, has, it yeah. had a good, no, like... it is a good ending. And, like, I mean, I kind of enjoy all of the little kind of tidbits of, like, oh, this is, like, an early spark of the rebellion. Like, yes. I mean, kind of, like, learning Enfys Nest's, like, actual story is, is it's very... A, you learn it's a girl, of all things. <laughs> yeah. Not even, like, you know, a guy. It's just, yeah. like, the, it's this, like, freckled little teenager. Yeah. I'm all about that. She was a badass. Yeah. She, like, she kind of keeps popping up in, like... Like, references are made to her, like, in other mediums. I'll believe that, yeah. Uh, like, I'm wondering, I mean, I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but I wonder if she could appear in Cassian or... That's a possibility. Uh, something like that. All right. I mean, it could be actually really cool because, like, you know, if that's, like, maybe a couple years out still, like, you can... Maybe that, sh- like, that girl will be just, like, that much older and, like... Yeah. It'll make that much more sense. And... I could I could totally see that. Just, like, like they said as much, like rebellions are sparked by this and that or whatever Mm -hmm. but here's the deal let's finish with this there is an epilogue to the novel okay i don't know if you've ever heard about this i have not all right so this would have been a great addition to the movie if they had kept this in somehow so the epilogue of the book it's it's enfys nest okay and they're uh sitting you know with the coaxium and they're waiting for their buyer to come and a ship shows up and the the landing, you know, platform comes down, and who should walk off but Saw Gerrera? Yes. Saw Gerrera walks off. Yes. And he says, "I've come alone." And all of a sudden, Infis hears this like rustling in the background. It says, "Who's that?" It's like, "I brought her because she wants to know." And an eleven-year-old Jenner or so comes out, and it's like, "Oh, you're a little girl. I'm a little girl. You're fighting the rebellion. I'm fighting the rebellion." Yeah. You know, chest bump. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a whole exciting thing, and it's like that was such a cool little thing because it just it added that spark of hope and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. You know, yeah. And just to see more of Saw. You know, yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, I think like I mean, I would like I mean, on that front, I'd probably be surprised if he wasn't in uh the cassian show in in some capacity yeah like even if they don't actually cross paths because it's not because it's not made clear that like they have a history yeah cassian and and saw have a history like cassian knows of saw but he knows that he's an extremist yeah like they were he was involved with the rebellion early on but he was too extreme his methods were too extreme for them to keep him around so to speak so yeah but yeah but yeah so i wonder if like there could just be like a saw subplot kind of thing there could be but, i don't know I mean, they, they have also done that on rebels though so i mean yeah. I it might not be quite as essential add some you know flavor to the character and yeah. whatnot yeah and like i don't like and like i don't know i mean you know depending on how far back they want to set the cassian series it's like i don't know like i don't know if forrest whitaker is still in that like mode in his life where he could like play a younger version like like play a more fit and spry version of that character that's also true so I don't even know. the dh it couldn't help that yeah but well, yeah exactly i mean it's like you can make him look younger but like if you try to like make him look you know like he's still this like elite soldier that might not be get like uh keenan thompson or something like that just yeah. put the makeup on him <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so what well, i think he like i think like forrest whitaker or somebody i mean like 
well, no, I'm not going to say that because I think I'm thinking of like three other <laughs> like leading actors who have sons who are like that right age that like they can actually like their son can actually play them. Yeah. <laughs> ah, regardless. Um, uh, what the heck? Uh, so, King King T'Chaka and Black Panther. Exactly. His he, son played yeah, young T'Chaka. Yes. So, yeah, there you yeah. go. And like Denzel Washington's son can like play, play young. All right. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, but like, I feel like I've heard that about Forrest Whitaker as well, that he has a son that's like in his late twenties or something. They could pull it off. Yeah. What the hell? So, all right. Well, you know what? I think that was pretty concise. Yeah. Um, I just want to add like a couple more comments. Go please. (laughs) I'm, I'm loving this. Yeah. So one of the things that I do really like about like solo is that it feels like kind of like an expanded universe novelization from like the you know from when the eu was the eu yes um they had a lot more room to kind of play with it yeah they they had the they had the elements and they were able to play off of it very well and make their own story yes and still have it fit precisely and like so you know to to the to that end it's like is that that important probably not i mean that's why there were so many eu books because they were like oh we can just like you know, we can make these. Just we long, can do this, no problem. Yeah, as long as you mention this or that, like yeah, it's, it's part of the history now. Yeah. Um, you know, but at the same time, like I think it delivers, and it's just kind of like, you know, simple, easy fun. Um, you know, which I do think that's kind of one of the issues with like the sequel trilogy, is that it just it's so weighted down by like its own self importance. Hmm. that like you know that's just not something that solo is like that has to deal with that's also true i mean that honestly i can't put it any better than that like (laughs) but you're right excuse me i you know if if someone wants to kind of just pick up like a you know a fun action science fiction movie and not really know anything about the history behind it or whatever i feel like you'll have a good time watching this you know yeah so. Yeah, and I mean, I think that kind of cuts both ways, though, because, like, I do think it, like, walks that fine line of, like, you know, getting the kind of, like, it hits all the right notes, I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, in, in terms of, you know, hitting on that relationship between Han and Chewie, and, you know, also, like, between Han and Lando, Yeah, and kind of why, like, yes, they're friends, but they're very frosty friends, and... Um, Fair and square, that's yeah. all I remember. yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and just kind of some of that other backstory. And again, like, I mean, I do wish we could see more of that, like the story with, with Kira and, and Maul. Yeah. I, just to see where they go off. But that could also be another series. They might do a, a book on that or even a comic book. Yeah. I could definitely see that. I mean, they're, like I said, they're coming out with comics for, uh, Maul in, you know, sometime in the next year with a new line. Okay. So there's a possibility that they might even dive into his Crimson Dawn organization. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I think that kind of makes sense. I think we've, you know, we, I think we've kind of seen his backstory at this point. Oh yeah. Um, you know, between like, I mean, obviously I know it is a, a, uh, legends book now. Um, you know, but like, I feel like I read that like, well, so like I've read like the Darth Maul comic. Yes. Uh, like the Marvel line. Yes. But there was also like, Darth Maul, son of Dathomir, that kind of tells that backstory. Then there was also, I think, 
what's the other one? It's like Mall Lockdown or something. Is another the, the, book. The Jail one? Yeah. Uh, that one's a good book. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'd like to talk more about that, but that, regardless, it's... It, they they do provide a little bit of like backstory for him in that you know yeah and then there's also just the ultimate where Palpatine was just given Maul when he was a baby yes. in Plagueis which is Plagueis yeah so which is where I was gonna end with that and it's just like okay like I I get it <laughs> I've seen this story before and like they all tell the same exact narrative of yeah just like the pure hatred and like you know basically being taught that that's the only way to to survive in this world or whatever maybe he has a Joker aesthetic. You know, yeah, he doesn't have a simple origin story. He likes to have multiple choice. <laughs> well, that could be. You never that know. It actually kind of adds up, like, <laughs> with you know, if you kind of buy the Plagueis explanation that, like, you know, he he never had a family, yeah, at all. And I was, was just raised by a droid. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like you said, he was just allowed to fester and whatnot and all yeah. this kind of stuff. So, but who knows? Uh, before we go, I just want to, you know, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. It's always. Uh, Nice to see people, you know, getting into the story. We hope that we've been able to provide a lot of good stuff for you. Uh, if you haven't already checked out our last episode uh, with Brandon Carnahan, please do. It was a good episode, and all the episodes prior to that, obviously. Um, give a quick plug to Games and That Podcast with uh, Andrew Fiak and Brandon Carnahan. Uh, they always do a great uh, live stream on Facebook, uh, usually every Monday or Tuesday, I think. I think it's Tuesday. It's every Tuesday, uh, and they always do like a nice two-hour live stream, and they always talk video games and that. So, you know, if you get a chance, check it out. And uh, I've been meaning to do this forever, but Andrew, our Andrew, actually has his own uh, podcast, uh, you know, prior to this. Uh, it's called Rust Belt Risters. And uh, it's a hockey podcast. That it uh, is. So, uh, I mean, I don't know if you want to tell me a little more about that. But, uh, you know, if you guys are into hockey and whatnot, I mean, take it away, Andrew. I, mean, I, I always wanted to give you guys a plug. I just I just want to jump into it before I go away. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so, I mean, Rust Belt Roasters, I do that with uh, Mike Swanson. We've been, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus. I don't think it's really intentional, but I'm kind of hoping that maybe, like, you know, I think our schedules are just a little bit crossed up right now. Yeah. Um, but hopefully we'll be getting back into that. Uh, I might even kind of delve into that a little bit on my own just to kind of get some of my thoughts out there. But we talk about the Penguins. We talk about the NHL. We talk about <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And it's a cool name for what it's worth. And, that, and the original the original pod was called Reggie's House, and that's where the website comes from. Uh, which also, if you can't find our uh, podcast anywhere besides, uh, you know, iTunes or what have you, you can always check out Reggie's House Podcasts. I think it's right. Yes. Reggie's House Podcasts dot com. Yes, and please check us out there. Otherwise, you know, download us on iTunes. Give us a like, a review, share it with anybody. If you like Star Wars, please give us a listen. If you don't like Star Wars, still give us a listen. <laughs> Because, you know, maybe we'll change your mind because we're always excited to talk about it. But, you know, I like that you're employing people to do this like after 85 minutes of listening to us talk about Star Wars. I would hope so. I mean, what the heck? So either way. Um, but as always, I had a great time. Andrew, did you have a good time? Yeah, it was a boring conversation anyway. Well, I bet it was. Star Wars.